0: On today's episode, we have Megan Wolfe. She's a New York City-based registered dietitian, two-time cookbook author, weight management, and weight loss surgery expert. She holds a master's degree in clinical nutrition from NYU. Most recently, she authored a bariatric cookbook designed for healthy and delicious post-surgical eating. She is the mother of two young children and an avid public speaker and a lifestyle wellness expert. You can find her on Instagram at @women's. Period, bariatric period nutrition. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So happy to be here. Yay. I can't wait to dive in. Your bio is so intriguing. So, can you share with the listeners a little bit about your nutrition philosophy?
1: Sure. I really believe that it's important to find a tailored plan that's both successful and sustainable. I always say I could ask my clients to eat steamed chicken and broccoli for six weeks. They'd for sure lose weight, but they would be horribly unhappy in the process. So really, I feel like it's important to find something that is both. Also, I am big on consistency. So at the end of the day, consistency is the best diet. And this is really, really true also for the women who I am working with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They need to have a plan that's actually easy to stick to. And it's great that you're recognizing that that's important for them. And you've embedded that into your practice.
1: Yeah, it's really important for me. And the feedback I've received from so many of my clients is just that, that this is a plan they can live on. It's realistic. I'm not asking them to do things that are just too hard. I really think that, you know, we can strive for perfection in a million parts of our life, but to have a a reasonable plan is most important.
0: A hundred percent. And I love your passion in describing the importance of reality and striving for things that are sustainable. So I would love to know like what your energy and mindset is around your goals and your business and how you approach them.
1: Sure. So I actually try to be both realistic and aspirational at the same time for myself as well. I think it's helpful to have short-term goals and long-term goals and, Having a short-term goal is helpful for for me, but it's also helpful for my clients because once you achieve that goal, it, it it's really motivating. And it's also helpful then to push you to go to your next goal. So I'm, I'm always thinking about what I can do today that'll help me for tomorrow.
0: I adore that the same approach that you take with your client you take with yourself you're you're taking your own advice which makes you really relatable which is really important when you're talking about someone who's trying to lose a lot of weight post bariatric surgery so i commend you for making sure that you're someone that your clients can
1: relate to which is awesome oh, thank you that's so nice but it's i think it's it's helpful also because this is hard no one no one should tell you weight loss is easy and i think in acknowledging that while also being realistic about what you can expect from you know yourself and from your clients is helpful as well.
0: For sure. And with that this mindset that you have which is so positive, so energetic, I would love for you to talk about your journey with
1: starting and growing your business. Sure. I work full time in a brick and mortar private practice. I usually work about 45 or more hours a week. So I knew time management would be really important in growing this business. Mm -hmm. And I worked nights and and I still am working nights and weekends to do just that. And I started the Instagram business truly from zero. I was active on social media uh, previously, but in a totally different capacity. And I actually decided not to use my previous Instagram account And instead decided to start um, women's bariatric nutrition from scratch. And, you know, in hindsight, perhaps I might've made a different choice, but I made the best decision I could at the time. So I am, I'm going with that, but I really have learned so much from the dietitian boss program. And I do not think I would have been able to grow my business without it because I was using social media in such a different way previously.
0: Yeah. Admittedly, trying to get started on social media is quite challenging if you don't have a plan. And one of the best things about the method is that you actually have a system. And if you weren't doing anything before, it's really hard to figure out what you should be doing when it relates to business. So I appreciate that you're really honest about what it was before, that it wasn't in any way or shape what you're doing now. And having that structure and system in place makes it so much easier to attract your ideal client.
1: It really does, and I always sort of like joked. I love flowers. I love coffee. I, you know, like you know, might post a picture of a sunset. It's like those things are lovely, but that's for me. That was that was a real mindset shift for me because you know I love peonies. I love to buy peonies, but like peonies don't matter to my ideal client.
0: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. We've all been there. We've all been there. So what you said is definitely hashtag relatable for sure. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about what ultimately allowed you to get more clear and nailing your um, niche and
1: ideal client that you market to on social media? Sure. Sure. I think one thing that was really helpful was trying to speak to my ideal client, and I learned a tremendous amount from her, and the more content I posted for her, the more I learned. And I remember very specifically, I posted something about losing 20 or 30 pounds after bariatric surgery. And I meant losing another 20 or 30 pounds, losing 20 or 30 more pounds than what she had already lost. But that's not what I said. And so there was confusion with some of the women who are commenting on the post. And someone actually said, why would anyone have bariatric surgery to lose 20 pounds? And I was mortified. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's not what I meant that that was misconstrued. And I brought that comment to one of Libby's content calls and she was totally fine with it. Whereas like I was freaking out and she was like, this is great. This is clarity for you. You learned something from this woman commenting on your post, which was so true. But that was, again, a mindset change that I had to get clearer on my message. And what could have been construed as a negative, because she's right, you most women would not undergo bariatric surgery to lose 20 pounds, actually allowed me to get much clearer.
0: Oh my goodness. You make such great points. What I especially love is that you spent time like, really listening to your IC, making her feel heard. Try to learn from her, not assuming what she would say to you if you had an imaginary conversation, but you really put yourself out there, did the market research and started creating posts for her. And even in that process, you even learn that there's still room for growth. And I love that you mentioned there's like a mindset shift when it comes to negative feedback. Oftentimes people can let that limit their growth and ability to really get out there and get started. But as long as you take it as, okay, at least now you know what not to do, that's a huge win. And sometimes people don't have that framing. So kudos to you for making that mindset shift.
1: And I think one thing that's a good thing to remember is something makes perfect sense in your brain, right? Like in your mind you're like no no no, this is perfect, everything's great, I'm doing an amazing job and like that might be true, but it also takes sometimes an outside perspective to help you actually help the person you're trying to help because truthfully, had it not been for that comment, I might have continued to just talk about losing 20 pounds or losing 30 pounds, which was really, again, in my mind, it made sense, but it didn't, it was not clear to my ideal client.
0: Absolutely. A hundred percent. I love the point that you made that sometimes you just have to get out of your head and that can come in the form of mentorship, working in a program, getting that extra support. So you can actually get more clarity and not be frustrated or not know what to do. If you had that comment, be like, do I delete it? Do I
1: pretend that they don't know what they're talking about? And I go on. Right. Absolutely. And I didn't delete it. And I did respond to her and sort of explained what I meant, that I I meant another. And she wrote back and she was like, okay, or something. (laughs) But yeah, there was that moment. And then... I haven't deleted any comments actually from, from my posts, but I, for a moment, I didn't know what to do with it.
0: Yeah. It's great that you took it to a call and you had that support within the program to get you in the right place. Yes, definitely. So this is like a great transition to the next question because we're talking about getting more clear on your message and being able to market appropriately to your IC. So can you share with the listeners what changed in your business or marketing once you had that clarity? What did that process look like for you?
1: Sure. So my content creation definitely changed as I was getting more clear on my message. And I really did want to, that was something that I worked very hard on to be sure that I was being clear. Because, like I was saying earlier, we think we're being clear or we think it's, you know, very obvious what we're saying. But to someone else, it might not be. And if the person who you're trying to talk to is not clear on what you're talking about, then there's a disconnect. And I think at the beginning, I was probably being too vague. And Libby always says, you're speaking to one person. And I really try to remember that so much. So in my case, even if someone in my group for example, doesn't want to lose another 50 pounds, which is something that I talk about a lot in my program. I teach women how to lose another 50 pounds. But even if she doesn't want to lose another 50 pounds, she knows she can still benefit from the program. So while I am working still on this, talking to one person, the, the more content you create for that one person, I think the clearer we become
0: yeah a hundred percent, because it's kind of what you were talking about earlier is that you know the more clear you are by taking her words, that you're able to actually connect better and you just talked about there's a disconnect when you're not using their words, and if you're not being super clear and you end up being vague, and I think a lot of people starting out, they have all the knowledge, right you have a master's degree in clinical nutrition. you clearly know a lot, but there could be a huge massive education gap and you have to learn how to use her words so she can actually see you as the expert and want to work with you. And it's all about your words and using them correctly. So um, thank you so much for bringing that
1: up. I also think, and this might not be something that people talk about enough, but I went to a, I had a wonderful experience in my master's degree, but it was a clinical program. We didn't learn how to market ourselves. We didn't learn about private practice. So my nutrition knowledge that I can share with someone is robust, but my ability to market myself prior to Libby's program was not because I was never taught how to market myself.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's a, one of those things that I hope changes in the future. Like I, I think that should, it needs to be a part of the model because you know it, it's helpful not only just for people who want to start their own business, but so you could be a better communicator. I always say that we don't get enough communication
1: classes. We don't. I agree. That's why, like, I mean, it <laughs> goes back to the basics, but, like, reading and writing is so important to teach in school because yeah. there, there is so much that goes into communication, especially written communication. It's, a, it's totally different. And like I said, I have um, – bachelor's degree in anthropology. So this is like, I am, I didn't do any marketing. So this was very new to me for sure. (laughs) Well,
0: I appreciate that you got out of your comfort zone and you were able to learn how to speak in a way that's not super clinical, speak in a way that's not like you need like a million and one AMA citations at the end of it. (laughs) Right, right,
1: completely, completely.
0: (laughs) So can you share with us now how you use Instagram to market and sell?
1: Sure. One of the best things I think I do is I post every single day. I post seven days a week. I get on stories talking about my posts, talking about client success, and I also do try to weave in small bits of my personal life, me and my family, I think especially now with Covid things look so different, and one thing I've actually started to do is I post a selfie every day labeled "pandemic pickup" because I um, have to take an hour break from my day, you know, in the middle of the day to pick up my kids from school. So it's something that's just like there every day. It's me and my mask, getting my kids from school, and it's you know, me and it is personal, but also, you know, just giving people sort of a glimpse into my life.
0: Yeah. I love that. What a cool strategy. And it's like also allowing you to have that expectation in your community for that. Like they anticipate it. They're like, Oh, she's going to post that selfie today. She's a real person. She's a real person. She has a
1: family. Right. Great. And, and I think a lot of people and, you know, women, my ideal client is a woman. So being a mother and mothering during this time and dealing with everything that sort of, you know, goes uh, along with that is part of my reality. So if I'm not sharing that, you know, there is sort of a piece of the pie missing, shall we say?
0: Yeah, 100%. And you know, that no like trust factor is so, so important. So can you share with us your process of creating this relatable content? So What's your, your, your strategy? If you're like, okay, I got to post something, walk us through it. Sure.
1: So I'm definitely still learning more from my ideal clients, as I'm sure so many other dietitian bosses will say that we're constantly learning from, you know, the people who we work with. And I definitely am trying to find the balance between creating sales content, like talking about my program and talking about client success and talking about the things that women can expect to find in my program and also helpful content, right? One thing that I have been talking about are goals for meals. For example, I suggest all of my clients um, aim for at least 20 grams of protein per meal. So real, no pun intended, nuggets of information are also really helpful. And I think that was a big turning point for me when I was giving tangible suggestions for advice, not just talking from more of a sales perspective. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but trying to find that balance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, of course, it's helpful to say, you know, what's important? Like, okay, this is you must track your food. You must eat vegetables. But there's power in the the real tangible stuff, like the how-to. Okay, you want me to eat vegetables, but how can I eat more vegetables? You want me to track, but how can I track? So if you change those questions into how-to questions, you just generated like a whole bunch of other content. And it's like, it stretched the life cycle of that one thought that you had, which is so powerful. So I love that you talked about balancing your sales
1: content with that how to content. So people are really getting a good understanding of what they're signing up for. I agree. The other thing is, and I had a professor at NYU who said this and it's stuck with me. And I think about this all the time. She said, if you tell someone to eat vitamin C, that's only helpful if she knows where she can find vitamin C. So we can't expect that someone's going to know how to eat 20 grams of protein at every meal unless we tell them. And so that knowledge and, you know, being a resource is an important part, at least in my community. That's something that I'm aiming for is to be a resource. And in order to do that, we have to give information. So trying to really find that balance is something I'm still working on. And also I think something that has been very beneficial to me.
0: Yeah, that stuck with me too. That's such a good point. You can have the insights of they need more folate, magnesium, iron, vitamin C, but it's much easier to just tell them what the sources of those are. Right. And they're going to, they're going to clinch down on it and run with it versus like, Okay, I'm going to look at this label and see if this is a good source of vitamin C. Says no one ever. They don't
1: know. (laughs) Right. Like, I'm just going to search every cracker aisle to see, like, which cracker has the most vitamin C, right? (laughs) Because that's what they're going to do if you don't grab them
0: correctly. Yeah. Right. Such a good point. (laughs) So, can you share with the listeners? Obviously, this whole process can be kind of challenging. You're really trying to nail your messaging, your obviously in a state of still figuring it out, but everything is able to be figured out over time. So can you just share with us some of those struggles in this process of figuring it out and getting clients on Instagram to let people know, like, this is something that happens, but it's also something that can really empower you and keep you going.
1: Yes. At the beginning, it is hard, I think, for a lot of people, myself included, to talk to the phone, not get a whole lot of interest or engagement or website clicks. I didn't even know Instagram had website clicks before I did the Dietitian Boss program. (laughs) But I stuck with it and it started happening. I mean, people talk about this all the time. It's like the whole idea of trust the process. You really do. and, And the program works it does work but it is hard at the beginning and especially in my case as i mentioned earlier i started a brand new account so there there were no like residual followers perhaps from my from my other days on instagram so that was an adjustment but like i said you know i stuck with it and things started happening and like anything in life it ebbs and flows and you know, I am learning that firsthand. Yeah,
0: I think it's so important that people know it ebbs and flows. I think people set themselves up with these really high expectations and there's nothing wrong with having high expectations for your business, but there's something to be said about the keyword you mentioned earlier when talking about relaying information to your clients and how you set goals in your business and that's being realistic. So, okay. you know, you, that's so important. So you can set big goals, but be realistic. But like you said, you just have to stick with it. Because you know it's gonna ebb and flow, you you don't wanna go off course too quickly and eventually things will start happening. Those were your words, and I totally agree. And things can be challenging, but you know, programs like this make it a lot easier because then you have someone like, It's okay, Megan, you've got this, you know, stay the right. course, don't turn. It's
1: a <laughs> right. <night." laughs> Which I heard during my program. I heard that, but it it is helpful also to remember. Your ideal client's a real person, so she also might be busy, right? She might have like things going on, like there might be a global pandemic, right? Like we can't, it's not robotic, right? So everything in life adds and flows. So so this is no different, but stick with it and you will see results.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. And can you give us some insights about how you turn that around? I think it's very easy. For people to kind of set this time frame, like if this doesn't happen for me, I'm gonna switch. But you mentioned that you recognize that things ebb and flow and you like committed to it. So I would love to know how you were able to turn that around for yourself.
1: Yes. So one thing is when I first met Libby and spoke to her about joining her program, I knew that this was the group that I wanted to work with because I have confidence that I can help them. So it was never an issue as to was this the right ideal client for me? I know it's the right ideal client for me. I really looked internally and said, what can I do better? How can I get clearer? How can my content improve for my IC? Because there is always going to be, you know, like anything, there are busy times. There are not as busy times. And that's not necessarily a reflection of you and your product. It could just be what's, going on in your IC's world or in the world in, in this case. But yeah, I think if you have an idea of who you want to work with, just because you don't have immediate success within two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever time frame you set for yourself, obviously if you're not 100% aligned with your IC, that's a different story. But just always changing your IC, I don't think is going to produce the results that you desire.
0: Yeah, I love that you mentioned that because I think that's the piece that people are missing. They don't have confidence in what they're doing. And if you have the confidence, all you need to really work on is, like you said, digging deep and saying, what can I do with my messaging? What can I do with my graphics? How can I speak to her better? Instead of, oh, I put stuff out there and they're not responding to it. But it could be something you're doing that you could do better. And also removing that barrier of it needs to happen in four weeks or five weeks. You know, taking it as a chance to just get better in all the different aspects, not just money, but words, getting better at creating content in terms of graphics, being able to get better at sales. Those are all ways that you can grow and putting all that pressure on yourself for sales and leading you to switch, 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 switch is not helpful at the end of the day. So thank you so much for mentioning that.
1: Yeah. And I think too especially if this is a new thing for someone, it could be sort of like an easy thing to just change your ideal clients. Like, let me just totally go from, you know, A to B and B to C and C to D, but you're, and and I don't mean this in a negative way, but if you're having a challenge creating content that aligns with your IC, you might have that challenge with whatever I see you choose. So it, so it's okay to say, how can I improve? This is not, you know, I, I always tell people, and this is in, in my life as a brick and mortar dietitian and in my life as a Instagram dietitian. <laughs> it's not about me, right? Like, it's not about me. It's about you. No one comes to a dietitian for for it to be about the dietitian. So it's okay for, for us to say, like, I need to do better for my client.
0: Ooh, jazz <laughs> awesome. You might be getting the most I've ever given after a question. You've won the prize. <laughs> because wh- what I really appreciate about what you just said, and I hope the listeners, like, really, like, held on to what you said, it's not about you switching ICs. It's sometimes you haven't figured out how to master messaging and switching to from like A to B doesn't mean it's going to solve the problem. If you never actually took the time to say to yourself, I'm not really good at messaging in the form of conveying my message in a graphic, conveying myself in stories, conveying myself in a caption, conveying myself on a sales call. Those things matter and switching it is not going to fix those like systematic things that need to be addressed. So thank you so much for mentioning that. Such a good, 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 good knowledge nugget.
1: But I mean, it makes sense. It's like if you're, if you're not being clear about, you know, I don't know, male vegetarians, how are you going to be clear about female meat eaters? I don't know. I'm just making it up. <laughs> 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 I mean, it's like it's the same problem, you know? Yeah,
0: it's so true. So true. And now that you've been able to get more clear, I would love to now talk a little bit more about like the offer That these women are now joining because your messaging is so clear. It's not confusing for them. So with respect to your offer, what has been the biggest challenge and what was surprisingly easier than expected, like getting people to get, get on the phone and learn about your offer?
1: Yeah. So I think it does take a little bit of time to really figure out what your ideal client needs in terms of a group coaching program. And, um, in my experience, the more groups I did, the better I think it, you know, became. I'm starting my third group this month and I really feel like it's gonna be better than ever. So excited. (laughs) So I try to convey to my IC that they get a lot of time, they get a lot of attention and not only are they getting the support they need, they're getting the education they need, they're getting the accountability they need, but it's from both other women who are in their same shoes and from me. And I think a a lot of the time and energy and effort that I put into my program that I I, I hope I convey to my IC is that I want her to feel that she's getting value for her money from the program. And I, of course, want her to meet her goals. So I actually really love doing group coaching and I see how helpful it is for women, especially in my IC. So I I work to talk about that because I think group coaching gives so much more than working one-on-one with someone and that too is a mindset shift. Ooh, I love that you presented it to people that
0: way. I think a lot of people coming from clinical, especially you're used to one-on-one writing your PES statements and stuff of that nature. So groups can be a challenge mentally for people. But I loved how you started off talking about all the things that she benefits being in this format. So when you're thinking about about it from that way, it's like surprisingly easier to offer a group when you realize not only are they getting value from you and the information you're sharing, but they're also getting information and accountability from other people in their shoes which I think is so, so helpful. So thank you for so much for sharing your challenges around having a group versus being able to figure out how to make this a lot easier. And each time you do it, it sounds like each iteration is getting better and better. So
1: congrats. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited about my third group. And and that's to be expected. I think we always improve the more we do things. And especially, like you said, coming from a one-on-one counseling background, it is very different, but there is tremendous benefit to it. So I am big fan, big fan. Yay. <laughs>
0: Woo-hoo. And can you share with us your approach to sales now compared to when you first started? Because a lot of people, they're kind of nervous. They're like, oh, great. She started three groups. She must really got this down pat." but I'm just starting out and I have no clue. So I'd love to know your approach now versus when you, when you started for the very first time.
1: Sure. So I think I'm getting better and more confident about this in general about talking about my group program, about how I can win, help women achieve their goals. But also, I now have a proven track record in my program. And so I can share that with my prospective clients. And sometimes people want to know how much weight did they lose? How much did they start? You know, they want to know details. And in my mind, like, you know, that's only telling part of the story because. Everyone has a different starting place. And again, with my ideal client, women who have had bariatric surgery, it runs the gamut. Some women might have had surgery six months ago. Some might have had nine months ago, 10 years ago. I mean, yes, it really does vary. So it's not apples to apples. So I like talking about the, I mean, the successes that my clients have had in the program, I think is very telling, but it's also a great thing to talk about on the sales calls because yeah it's it's real
0: yeah that's so true i think your confidence goes up being able to share what you've already done with your clients that proven track record as you mentioned i think what's really interesting is that you said that you're working with women that are across the gamut six months ten years ago like wow so before you had the clients, can you share with us like what it was like when people were asking, like, what's your track record? Did you pull from like your in-person
1: experience? Because there might be people thinking, well, that's great, Megan, but I don't even have anyone. (laughs) Right. Right. So yes, I did pull from my in-person experience. I see... A lot of clients every week so like I said at beginning like I feel confident that I can help these women and so yes I did pull from that because those are still your clients just because a client didn't you know find you on Instagram does not mean she is not or he is not your client so yes I, sp- I spoke about that and I have helped people I've helped thousands of people so if I can successfully help thousands of people I can definitely help you and I don't mean you, the listener, I mean you, <laughs> you and <mine>, I. see <laughs>
0: <laughs> Megan's out here selling on the podcast. Right, like, oh. <laughs> right.
1: Any women, I help women. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but
0: you know what? I, I love that you brought that point up because there's a lot of people that will join the program and be like, I've never had clients, like but you've worked in clinical, you did a 1200 hour supervised practice rotation, so right. you never helped anyone.
1: I find that hard to believe. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, there's also, and I talk about this a lot, the more clients you see, the better dietitian you become. So it's okay if your clients were not from Instagram, you're still improving your skills to help the clients on Instagram. Boom,
0: boom, pow. Love it, Megan. <laughs> so can you share with us with the programs you've run, Um, can you share how much money you've made? And what's your
1: next money goal? Yes. So definitely a goal was for me to pay myself back for my initial investment in Libby's program, which I've done. I've made just under $5,000. My goal is to consistently make $5,000 a month.
0: Ooh, I love that. So you made back your investment and now you're looking to be able to consistently hit that marker of 5K. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank
1: you. And, and I'm having a positive mindset about it. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to meet it. And then after
0: 5k, what's like another long-term money goal you have for yourself?
1: I mean, you know, like a hundred a month. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm not kidding. I mean, I would love that, but, but, <laughs> but no, I mean, 10,000, you know, I would, I would love to make $10,000 a month again, consistently that I think is truthfully and, You know, money is money is money, right? Like, you know, cash is king, but it's consistently making it great. You can make $5, you know, in what month are we? October, $5 in October, $2 in November, $4 in December. You know, it's the consistency. It all goes back to consistency. Like I said at the beginning. So that's really my goal. Yes, the money matters, but I want to be able to consistently do that.
0: Love that. I like that framing. That is really important because if you have that consistent income, you can predict your finances. You can know what you're able to do with predictable income like that. Right, right. And have you done anything with the money you've gotten so far
1: in the program? Like, how have you used your just shy of 5K? Sure. So, you know, kids are very expensive no matter where you live, but kids in New York City are like a breed of their own they are in a class of their own. So for for me, the additional stream of income, you know, always is going to be welcome, but especially in that sense with my kids, it's been helpful.
0: Yeah. Especially with education. Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's pricey.
1: It is. It is. And you know, there's, there's no better, in my opinion, there's no better use for your money than, you know, educating your children, but comes with a price tag. (laughs) It's all good.
0: It's good. I love that you're working to be able to provide for them. That's a huge win. That's a big why.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And when it comes to being able to reach these amazing money goals, it really does come to showing up, showing your face. So can you share with us how you feel about showing your face
1: and how has this evolved with your practice? This was actually very hard for me at the beginning. I was so nervous to go on stories because again, this was not something that I ever did on my other Instagram account. And I remember being on a call and one of our group coaching calls and Libby was like just just do it. Like what are you worried about? She was like just go on stories and you know that is important. And So I I just did it. I just read on (laughs) stories and I did that and I did it every single day and I, it did, Become a lot easier and it has become a lot easier. And I really did not realize how important it was or how important it would be until I started doing it. And I think that goes back to, like you said, the know, like, and trust factor because your clients do really need to know who you are. And in my case, and I think so many of the dietitian bosses, stories are really where that is. You can give so much more in the stories and they get to know you so much better than they ever could in a caption of a post.
0: Yeah, 100%. Thank you for offering all those tips and that inspiration for people who are on the fence about doing it and sharing the value that it brings and how it makes it even easier to make money. So everyone, let's go get on stories.
1: Let's do it. And and also it's one of those things like, just just do it. The, the longer you don't do it for fear of, oh, I don't look good or I don't sound good, or I, I don't know what I would say, the more that just perpetuates that mindset of it being like an anxiety producing thing. And you know, now I just go on and chat about all sorts of things and it's just fine. <laughs> I love just- it stop myself from going on stories sometimes. I'm like, they don't want to hear about that. Like, uh, you know, just take it down a notch. Talk about the things that are good. But but now – but that just goes to show, like, I can – talk about whatever on Stories Now, that's a – that is a huge win for me because I was very uncomfortable. And it's not because I'm, like, a shy person or, like, a – I mean, obviously, like, I'm a shy person. <laughs> um, that's, it's, it's actually, like, funny in some ways that that was a barrier for me because, like, I love talking to people. I talk to people, like, 50 hours a week. Like, you know, I should be – so, like, why can't I get on Stories? But I did it, so – Yay.
0: <laughs> I love that you shared that. I have the same issue myself. Uh, you know, we know each other outside of the podcast a bit. I'm a chatty Kathy, as you know, <laughs> and that is a real thing. So I love that you mentioned that you are really personable in real life, but getting on, not that Instagram is not real life, but getting on social media, like talking can be very challenging, even for the most personable people in the world. I, so I love, I, love, love that you said that. Cause I think a lot of people think, well, Megan's just really personable. Like, no, but it was a struggle for you. And thanks for sharing that.
1: And I think when, when something is so new and you're not comfortable with it, like you can be like the most chatty Kathy in the whole room. It's still a new experience. So yeah, just get on stories and all will be good.
0: (laughs) Doing it, doing it. So can you give some advice for people that are just starting out, like maybe just like you, you're actually the pers- perfect person to answer this question because you literally start it from zero. So this is really helpful if you could share some advice from doing that.
1: Yes. So I think the best advice I can give someone is just start. Honestly, the same thing I tell my clients, like just start, don't wait for Monday, don't wait for next month, don't wait for 2021, like who knows what's going to be 2020, you know, it's like, just start, just do it. Because even if it's not perfect in the beginning, it won't be perfect in the beginning. I'm still learning, I'm still growing. And I have said this to people who asked me about my experience. I said, if I can do it, I have two little kids, I have a very demanding job, I have a family. If I can do it, you can do it. And it's taught me, this program has taught me so much and I'm so grateful for it. And I feel like if you are considering the program, do it because it really, there's, I don't think there's anything like it out there. Oh, we did not pay her to say that. Oh, no, no. <laughs> it's true. It's all, it's totally true. The program the per- can I say this? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. It. Say I don't know, it, say it. I didn't know if I could like say it. The program I'm the group I'm in now, I just like have been bragging about it to like so many of the, of the girls. I'm like, it's such a great group. And there is something I mean, I know I'm like probably broken record about the benefit of a group program. But like, there is something to being in a cohort, right to being in a group of women who are You know, like-minded and having similar aspirations, and looking up to our mentors like Ya and the you know the other girls to see what can be possible with this same framework.
0: Oh, I appreciate you. Oh my goodness, I feel like you just left left a Yelp review.
1: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) five star, five star.
0: Oh, thank (laughs) you so much. I appreciate you, the whole dietitian boss team support you we appreciate you thank you so much for those super kind heartfelt words they mean a lot for sure oh you're welcome
1: and it's true so
0: (laughs) and so what's next for your business enough about us let's talk about you like what's what's next in your business
1: So I am hoping, obviously, to keep growing. I really do want to be a resource for the bariatric community, and I have lots of ideas about how I can continue to improve my program and the pipeline. And again, it all comes back to my client's experience. So I am just hoping to grow and improve the program really for her.
0: Oh, amazing. I look forward to seeing your growth. I know for sure your 5K consistent will soon be shortly followed by a 10K consistent. And I know you were saying it in jest, but 100K is possible. I believe it for you. So it's just going to happen. Oh,
1: say it again, girl. Because like, it, you know, it will be. What is that saying? Like from my lips to God's ears or something? Yeah, like
0: that? that's ex- <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And that's what we're going to send up. It's going to happen. Megan's getting 100K month. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. So just as a reminder, you guys can find her on Instagram at women's period bariatric period nutrition. Thanks so much.
1: Bye. Thank you.
0: If you identify as a female dietitian or student
1: apply to my coaching program, I'm accepting applications. Now my clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to Confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothchild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.